The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. FEMA will help state officials determine the extent of flood damage in Buchanan County. The agency will focus on damage to public property and individuals. Officials with the Virginia Department of Emergency Management say that information will allow state leaders to determine if the county and its residents need federal money through a presidential disaster declaration, which would need to be approved by President Joe Biden. VDEM carried out a preliminary survey last week. It found about 100 private buildings were damaged, but it did not evaluate public property. This week, Virginia's Attorney General joined a coalition of 21 other Republican Attorneys General in a lawsuit against the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The dispute involves a new agency policy that withdraws school nutrition assistance from schools that refuse to protect LGBTQ students from discrimination. Whitney Evans reports. In a statement his office released Wednesday, Attorney General Jason Miares accused the USDA and Biden administration officials of forcing illegal regulations and holding school meals hostage. The USDA announced the new policy in May. It requires schools and other education programs that receive federal nutrition service funding to investigate allegations of discrimination based on gender identity or sexual orientation. They also have to update their non-discrimination policies to reflect the new rule. The lawsuit alleges the agency has falsely interpreted Title IX, the federal law barring sex-based discrimination in education, to include gender identity and sexual orientation. According to the Virginia Poverty Law Center, about 500,000 students in Virginia receive free and reduced lunch. Whitney Evans, VPM News. A federal appeals court has sided with Virginia Beach in a case about how the city conducts local elections. Catherine Hafner from partner station WHRO reports. The lawsuit deals with the city's at-large election system. That's the way Virginia Beach voters select city council members from across the city rather than based on location. Two black residents sued the city five years ago. They argued the method violated the Voting Rights Act of 1965 by weakening the votes of minorities. A federal judge agreed last spring, but the city appealed. The new ruling from the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals vacates the one from last year. The Virginia General Assembly has passed a law requiring voters in a district-based system to only elect government officials in that district. That makes this lawsuit moot, the appeals court says. The decision won't change operations since the law already did. That was Catherine Hafner reporting. Charlottesville, Hopewell, and Petersburg recently joined the City Health Dashboard. The dashboard was established by New York University in 2018 and includes health data points from over 900 different cities. It aims to curate information related to the social and economic factors that affect health. Metrics measured include opioid overdoses, unemployment, broadband connectivity, as well as racial and ethnic diversity. The dashboard was recently updated to include data from 2020 this past month and continues to add new metrics for smaller and larger communities. 
The need for mental health services has increased during the pandemic. Randy B. Hagee from partner station WMRA checked in with clinicians to see how they're handling the extra need for their support. I think most of us are feeling like there's a lot to be stressed out about right now. Dealing with the emotional aftermath of the pandemic, the lives it took, the state of the economy and politics, mass shootings, the list of adverse experiences shading these times goes on and on. When we're in crisis or feeling stuck, we may be advised to seek out mental health care, or maybe you already see someone regularly. But how are those clinicians experiencing the current milieu? Every clinician in our practice has a wait list. I've got therapists who've got 50 people on their caseload. I've got others who are closer in the 80s. I spoke with four mental health care providers in different settings about how their work has changed in recent years and how that's affecting them. Ellen Dotis is the manager of the Psychiatric Emergency Response Services team at Sentara RMH. We see people of all ages, from young children up through elderly people. They come in with a wide variety of problems, an anxiety attack or trouble handling a stressful situation or a breakup or something like that, to somebody that is actively suicidal, is psychotic, substance abuse issues, all, all different kind of issues. In addition to having someone on site at the hospital 24-7, in the last few years, RMH has also started providing telehealth consultations to five other Sentara emergency departments all over the state. A lot of times we'll have people come in and say, I can't see a counselor for, you know, for a few months, or I can't find anybody that's taking new clients right now. Or they'll call it for try to find a psychiatrist in the area. And a lot of the psychiatrists are booked up too months in advance. You'll notice a lot of people will have, you know, not accepting clients. And I 100% respect that. George Knipe is the Senior Manager of Adult Outpatient Services at the Harrisonburg-Rockingham Community Services Board. CSBs are operated through Virginia's Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Services. Knipe estimated that they have about 125 more clients now than they did pre-pandemic. And while I'll kind of mitigate my individual, you know, caseloads, like I might mm-hmm. put a person off not getting new clients for a week, our door never shuts, which is good. You have to have a place like that. Dr. Lewis Weber, a therapist who runs his own practice in Charlottesville, is keenly feeling the demand for his services. Challenging times. And it's also challenging times for the people that are doing the work, the mental health people on the front line, because we are human beings and we deal with similar kinds of stresses as well. It's painful and sad to be in a position where I have to, you know, turn people away or say we can only do a limited amount. Besides just the number of people seeking their help, these therapists and counselors talked about the intensity of the symptoms folks are experiencing and how so many people are really struggling to regulate their emotions and anxiety these days. And that might be just struggling with a lot of depression or sometimes we see people that are very like agitated or their anger is just really something they're struggling to control. And I think it's in large part due to all of the stress that they've been under. You have got to be kind and believe in the goodness of your fellow man. Amy Guyamagami is the director for outpatient behavioral health at Augusta Health. And to be more understanding, to show compassion on the daily. Do you think that's become harder for people in the last couple of years? I think as people have become isolated, they sort of forget how to act as a community. And so I think there are times where you really have to make that commitment to your neighborhood, to your community, to your church or your faith. Another thing the therapist I talked to said was that they don't usually experience the exact same trauma, like a pandemic, at the exact same time as their clients. So how are they coping? 
Basically, by practicing what they preach, meditating, prioritizing relationships, and making time for activities they love. We're just finding that it's really, really important to manage our social world and, and do the things we love to do and volunteering and just getting together, enjoying the arts and culture. I went to the Kennedy Center this weekend with some friends to see To Kill a Mockingbird. Now, there were a few silver linings that came up in our conversations, too. The hopeful sign is that a lot of people really want to work on themselves, and I think that's positive. I love the work. I still love the work. It's a real gift and honor to be able to be intimately involved with people who are willing to share themselves. I'm Randy B. Hagee. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.